The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hold your Bible up, whatever you're reading from. Uh, shout, this is my Bible. <clears throat> I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word. And my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we started uh, a series last week uh, talking about uh, ministering and receiving uh, healing. And I was saying, you know, in the first service uh, that uh, uh, the reason why we teach in, in series is because we can really camp out on a truth and really establish it uh, in all of our hearts and uh, get our minds really renewed about a subject. Uh, the thing about the kingdom of God is it's not about just coming up with something new every Sunday. It's not about just trying to chase uh, something new. It is about perfecting uh, the basics, understanding the foundation uh, of what God has done for us, of what Jesus has done for us, and uh, start living out from that place. Amen? Uh, sometimes as uh, believers, as Christians, uh, we go, get caught up in what I like to call uh, psychological obsolescence, uh, and they, that's the game they play out in the, the retailers. They play the same game out there. You know, psychological obsolescence is they just, you know, change uh, a product slightly and make you feel like you're missing out if you don't have uh, that product. And so people are always looking for something new. You know, they will uh, put out a nice uh, Mercedes-Benz C-Class and then you go and buy one. And as you're getting comfortable in it and enjoying it, they'll change the lights and say yours is now old-fashioned if you don't have the new one. And uh, they can keep you on the treadmill of debt through psychological obsolescence. And sometimes church folk uh, get into psychological obsolescence. They're just looking for some new revelation. In fact, if it's new, they are, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. In fact, if it's new, it may not be good for you. Uh, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. No one has ever preached something new that the Apostle Paul hasn't already preached and revealed to the church. If you are outside of what is already old in the New Covenant, uh, from the book of Acts all the way to the book of uh, Revelations, man, you're probably out of line. If you're trying to get something new, in fact, some of our friends, we all, I'm always laughing, some of our friends have, have left uh, uh, the faith and have gone into uh, all kinds of crazy things, you know, this new age stuff. I saw someone, you know, doing a weird dance to a weird drum. They said, no, I'm not weird. I'm dancing to some, you know, new age spirit. I said, man, for an educated person like yourself, this is just embarrassing. That's why, you know, I was just thinking about that. And it's because people are trying to get some new. You know, they're trying to get some. You don't need some new. You need to be established in the new covenant. Uh, uh, the new thing that God has been doing, he's been doing it for the last 2,000 years. You know, people, you come into a new year, they say God is doing a new thing. If it's not as new as 2,000 years old, it's, you don't need it. 
The only new thing that the Lord has been doing is what's, what he started in what's called the new covenant. And this is why uh, a scripture tells us if the, if the righteous, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So we all need to stand on the, on the foundation of the new covenant. Can I get an amen? And so that's one of the reasons uh, we teach in series, and that's why we will repeat uh, some of these things so that you can be established in them. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, today we are continuing from where we left off last week, talking about receiving and ministering healing. And this is what we said. We said uh, that you know, God's will, God's perfect will for every single one of his children is divine health. Uh, it is not divine healing. Even though divine healing is available, that is not God's perfect will uh, for you and I. God doesn't want us to get sick so we can get healed. He can keep us healthy. That's why he says in 3 John 1 verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul uh, prospers. Amen. And I was saying, you know, the foundation of divine health is Romans chapter number 8, uh, verse 11. This is the foundation of all divine health. Listen to what he says in Romans 8, uh, verse 11. He says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So he says, Essentially, uh, uh, Romans 8, 11, the Apostle Paul is saying that uh, the same spirit, when he says, but if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, that's not a question, it's a statement of fact. He's saying this, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells on the inside of you. And because of that, it is this spirit that will quicken your mortal bodies. Uh, so when we're talking about divine health, we are talking about living from the inside out. It's the divine uh, spirit of God that is on the inside of you that will begin to infuse uh, itself into every tissue, uh, every cell, and every organ that you have, uh, giving you a, a, a vigor for you to be able to accomplish the things that God has called you to accomplish in this earth. Uh, for you to be able to do it, you need divine health, not just health. Health is good, but divine health is way more superior than just being healthy. Amen? Amen? And so this is, this is the reason why I'm not up here uh, preaching a diet. <laughs> do, do you realize we're not preaching a diet? This is why I'm not up here uh, preaching a, a fitness regime. All of those things are good. You should eat healthy, right? Uh, as long as it's got meat in it, you should eat healthy. You should eat, do your thing. You should eat healthy uh, uh, and uh, you should exercise. The Bible says there's little profits to exercise. But if all you are doing is eating healthy and exercising, you're still going to fall short. Because what I'm talking about is of the spirit. It is divinely uh, uh, gifted. It is divinely uh, released in your body through the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And so you and I have to renew our minds to this fact. And we have to settle it in our hearts that the thing that's going to keep us healthy
healthy is not our exercise. Now, I'm not knocking exercise down. I love to exercise. I do it four times a week. So I'm out there doing that. I'm not knocking eating healthy. I control my portions and I do all of that, okay? So I'm not knocking all of that, but that's not where my trust lies. My trust lies in the Lord. My trust lies in divine health. Can I get an amen? amen? And so if you're going to enjoy this divine health, your foundational scripture has to be Romans chapter number 8, verse 11. And so if you ever fall sick or people around you fall sick, we, God has got you covered. He also did something about it. Uh, it is called divine healing. And we established last week that divine healing is always God's will. God wants to heal you. Jesus has already done uh, everything that he will uh, on the cross 2,000 years ago so that sick folk can get well. Amen. We also uh, started uh, talking about what I called the hindrances uh, to healing. We call them the hindrances uh, to healing, and we say there are only three in Scripture that we see spelled out uh, that can stop you uh, from receiving healing uh, or ministering uh, healing to others. And so we said uh, the first one was unbelief. You remember the story? And we said unbelief is not disbelief. Uh, unbelief is belief that's un. What I mean by that is you're placing your belief on the wrong thing. Unbelief is putting your trust uh, in the wrong thing. Uh, unbelief is developed uh, when we uh, uh, are more, uh, 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 you know, sense realm sensitive than we are uh, spiritual realm sensitive. So there are two worlds that we, you know, coexist parallel to each other. There is the spiritual world and there is the natural world. And so unbelief is created. It's a, bi it's a product of the natural world. And unbelief comes through what you can, you know, see, smell, taste, uh, hear, and touch. It comes through your five senses. And so when we say 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Essentially what we are saying is we walk by the spirit and not by the senses. Amen. Because a carnal man, a sensual man, man cannot receive of the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. And let me break it down a little simpler. All that means is you are going by the word and not by what the natural circumstances dictate. Unbelief is when you go by what the natural circumstances dictate. Faith is when you go by what the word dictates regardless, if I was back home, I would say irregardless, regardless of what the, the, the natural circumstances are saying. Abraham is 100 years old. He's married to Sarah. She's 75 years old. And God shows up to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I'm going to change your name. I'm about to make you the father of many nations. And for 25 years, Abraham had to learn to live by faith. Faith and not by sight. Because for 25 years, the man had no children. But still, imagine, this dude, once he got that revelation, he went to home affairs. And he said, I'm here to do a name change. I'm no longer going to be called Abram. I'm stand Can you imagine the conversation? He's talking to you know, one of those people there, and they say, what are you here for? I'm here to do a name change. What's your old name? My name is, old name is Abraham. What are you going to change it to? Abraham sounds similar. What's up with that? No, Abraham means father of many nations. So you must have a lot of children. No, I don't have one. Are you crazy? 
That's what she would have said. But sometimes faith looks crazy. Because there is no indication in the natural of what you're standing on. Can I get an amen? And so he changes his name from Abraham to Abraham. Lived 25 years with a new name. He's trying to go out to hang out with friends. You know, my name is John. What's your name? Abraham. Oh, that's a fancy name. What does that mean? Father of many names. How many kids you got? None. You may need to change your name to someone else, right? No, I'm not going to change my name. In fact, if you read in Romans 4, 17 onwards, it says this man became fully persuaded. What, did, what was the persuasion? That he who had promised was also faithful to bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. And that's what faith is about. Faith is about standing here on the word. And unbelief comes through when we, you know, start going by the circumstances. And we're trying to do the math uh, in the natural. We're trying to figure things out uh, over here in the natural. And we always uh, end up in, in, in trouble, big trouble. Let's go to Mark chapter number 9. We're going to read Mark chapter number 9 from verse 14. Mark chapter number 9, verse 14. Someone shout, the same life. Shout the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. Therefore, it will quicken every cell, every tissue, every organ, so that it may resume its perfect function. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's an everyday declaration that I make based on Romans 8, 11. When, when symptoms, all symptoms are, is, uh, is what uh, uh, temptation is to sin. Symptoms are trying to lure you into uh, uh, thinking you're sick. They're trying to uh, lure you in. And when you, when, if you don't have a strong faith life, hey, you can go by the symptoms. You can go by the symptoms. And, I mean, these days it's even difficult because they have all kinds of names for these things. Uh, uh, we used to just know them as just a headache, and now they have a, a, a sophisticated name for it. And, and, and so if you're not careful, you can go over there on the, on the realm of unbelief uh, without even knowing it. And, and, and everything they spell out these days has to end with a spoliosis, you know, spoliosis. <laughs> You know, they'll say, you, you, you walk in there with a headache, right? They say, what's wrong with you? You say, I have a headache. But before you walk out, they'll tell you, no, it actually wasn't a headache. It was a pleosis. <laughs> and then that's how unbelief starts. And so you go on Google, right? And then you Google pleosis. And then, you know, you start looking at testimonies. These are not Bible testimonies. These are defeat testimonies, right? You join that, that ministry of defeat. You start looking at... Uh, uh, the, the reviews of what this thing will do for you. I say, my cousin, my cousin has pleosis, and I mean, they didn't make it. And what are you doing? You're feeding your unbelief. You're feeding your unbelief. Amen? Instead of studying this, I choose to study what the Word of God says. The Word says, by His stripes, uh, we are healed. If you read in First Peter 2.24, it says, by His stripes, we were healed 2,000 years ago. And so if I'm established in this, then that's not going to cause my heart to fail. It's not go going to cause my heart to step into unbelief. Amen. Amen? So when you get sick the next time, instead of Googling uh, the symptoms, how about Googling uh, 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 healing scriptures? Amen. Uh, just a few amen over here. Just how about Googling uh, uh, healing scriptures and find out what the Bible uh, says about it? And give the word of God final authority over your life. 
Hallelujah. You know, scripture tells us in Proverbs 4, 23, that we should guard our hearts with how much? All diligence. Why? Because out of it will flow the what? The issues of life. Essentially, what he's saying is, you know, if you, if you allow all kinds of things uh, to come into your heart, I mean, that's, 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 that's big. That's huge when it comes to your spiritual life, to allow stuff to come into your heart. The scripture tells us just getting around bad stuff will have an impact on your heart. Did you know that? Without you participating. Just reading it on the news will have an impact on your heart. If you read in Luke 21, verse 26, it says, Men's heart failed them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. He says, you just Googling what's happening in Ukraine is going to cause your heart to, to fail in terms of living by faith and not by sight. How's that going to help your spiritual life, you know, finding out how many bombs they dropped? You know, pastor, is, is, you know, I, I want to get ready. That's not... A, <laughs> listen. Let's really think about it. How are you going to get ready? You have a you know, car with a full tank. I mean, some of those bad boys they have, will, I mean, they, you, you drop it here, the thing will reach Rustenberg. That's how, you know, I don't know you can drive faster than that. And instead of studying that, you could be studying the word of God. And here's the truth is that... If it drops here, you'll find out. <laughs> Someone will let you know. And so I'm saying this to say, some of you have literally exposed your heart to all kinds of stuff that you don't need to expose your heart to in the name of current affairs. And there is the reason why you can't function in faith. This is, this is strong, but it's not wrong. Amen. If you read Matthew 24, verse 12, he says, Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. He says, because you're not participating. It's just wickedness around you, wickedness everywhere. It will just cause your heart to fail if you expose your heart. This is why some of you need to exit some of the uh, 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 spiliosis symptom type WhatsApp groups. Man, if all you're getting from a WhatsApp group is symptoms of, and then so-and-so, you know, died, and, and these symptoms, if you do this, there's this new bug. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? How about I discovered a new healing verse? That's how you get established in his word. And not over here getting established uh, in the symptoms. And that's what unbelief is. Unbelief is, is literally when the scales are, are tipping in the direction of uh, uh, the, the circumstances, the statistics, the, the, the facts that go against what the word of God promised. And when you start to submit to that, man, you can stop uh, yourself from he receiving the healing that Jesus has already paid for. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, Mark chapter number 9, verse 14 says, And when he came to his disciples, uh, he saw a great multitude around them, and the scribes questioning them, the disciples, and straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, uh, What question ye them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. You know, the, the devil is a dumb spirit. 
Amen. And he manifests himself as such. Verse 18. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he, he formeth and gnasheth with his teeth, and uh, pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell to the ground, and he wallowed, uh, forming. The reason why this happened was because, uh, remember I told you, I said symptoms are what sin is to temptation. So the reason immediately he manifested was he is trying to get Jesus to cross over from the faith side to the unbelief side. So what is he going to do? He is going to perform. And he wanted Jesus to say, oh, wow, it looks, a, it looks real powerful. Look at what it's doing to him. But thank God, Jesus is established in the word. And so he's not moved by what this uh, demon is doing uh, uh, in front of him. And that's what we need to become if we're going to be uh, effective uh, healing ministers. We need to be established in the word such that we are not moved uh, by what's happening over there in the, in the symptoms realm. It doesn't matter how big the, the word is. Uh, Jesus has already dealt with it. Can I get an amen? In fact, the, the machines that they made to tell you what it is uh, were, were, were only created now, and Jesus had already paid for it at the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you've got to be established in these things. I remember uh, 2020, at the beginning, uh, one of the brothers came to me, you know, Sabelo came to me, he said, Pastor T, did you hear about this thing? And uh, we were getting ready to go to, to the U.S. at the time. He said, did you hear about this? What thing? He said, this, this bug, this virus is going all over, and it's going to, and this is what I said to him. I said, man, this thing is nothing. Just watch how this thing is going to be nothing after it's over and done with. And he said, really, Pastor? I said, just watch. And he came to me a few years later. He said, man, you were right. He said at the beginning, you know, everybody was paying attention to it because if you do pay attention to the wrong way to deal with it, man, they can, they can, they can mess with you. I had people washing margarine before they put it in the, in, the, in the fridge. I had people washing groceries. You're washing all kinds. I mean, the one thing they didn't tell us, though, was if this thing can, can live on money. I mean, money, nobody saved. I said, I, I told my wife, I said, man, you pull out 100 bucks. Let's see if they're going to they're gonna sanitize that. Nobody ever said anything about passing on money. He's like, okay, you know, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Does it live on money? You go and Google. No one ever said if it lives on a hundred U.S. dollar bill, dollar dollar bill, your. <laughs> no one ever said anything about that. He didn't say anything. So I'm thinking, man, they're just messing with you. You got to be established in what it says over here. Jesus wasn't moved uh, by the by the circumstances, and so what happened? Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, what verse am I on? Uh, verse 20, right? Verse 21. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since he came, it came unto him? Uh, he said of a child, and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Uh, but if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. The reason he said that is because both faith and unbelief can coexist. 
He says, I believe, but what I'm dealing with right now, what I need help with is over here, I also have unbelief. So I believe, you know, you can heal, but I also have all kinds of things happening in my heart. So help me with my unbelief. And look at what Jesus did. Uh, Jesus uh, straightway, uh, uh, verse 25, when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying to him, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Man, he, he cast the thing out with a one-sentence prayer. Because Jesus is out to get the job done. He is not just out to empathize. In fact, compassion, I have this statement that I put in one of my books. Compassion gets results. Uh, empathy will just give you a hug. I prayed for one guy, uh, um, you know, a few months ago, and, and he got healed. You know, you, the thing uh, uh, that was on him that was causing him problems, we prayed together. He got healed. Uh, prayed, prayed for him through WhatsApp, you know, prayed one-sentence prayer through WhatsApp, and he got healed. And months later, he called me to complain that I hadn't shown enough empathy. He said, all you did was give me this one prayer. I said, are you alive? He said, yeah. I said, are you healed? He said, yeah. I said, that's what needs to happen. He said, but I also wanted a hug. <laughs> what's a hug going to do to you? What's a hug going to I said, what's a hug going to do for you? But yeah, yeah. He kind of caught me on a, on a wrong day. I, you know, I, I, I hadn't played golf well that day, so, you know. I said, man, you, you're a fool to say that. That's what I said. I, I asked the Lord for forgiveness afterwards. But I said, you're a fool to say that. You, you, you got healed and you're still complaining? I said, man, you know, you have, uh, empathy is not going to get the job done. And so sometimes people with spleosis will come to you and you are getting ready to pray for them and they will want to spell out everything that's wrong with them because what they want to get out of you is not results. They don't even know that's what they're doing. What they're trying to get out of you is empathy. And so they're going to spell it out. They're going to say, man, this thing has been with me since I was young. They're going to say to you, I Googled this thing and no one has ever come out of it. They're telling you, right? And they're going to tell you all these things and they're going to say 99% of the people don't make it they're gonna and then they'll turn around and say now you pray <laughs> they've been overwhelming you with all the facts that move you from faith to fear and now they ask you to pray what are you gonna pray and so what you should do if you want to be an effective healing minister is you should cut the puppy short we don't deal with the deep things all I need to is headache if it's a headache we'll deal with the headache eyes all eyes, nose, nose, teeth, teeth. I don't want to know the, 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 I don't want, knees. Is it your knee? Yeah, it's your knee. Let's pray for the knee. You're limping. It looks like it's a knee. No, 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 pastor. It's multiple. No, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. It's a knee. We're going to deal with it. In the days of Jesus, they didn't know multiple. Uh, no, they just say, you leg, you legs, you line up. And then the legs would line up, right? And so sometimes over here on the symptoms realm, I'm trying to help you learn to pray for people. Don't indulge while people are feeding you uh, with unbelief. Because it's going to render you, uh, your prayers, uh, unless you're a spiritual giant, you know, giant, giant. Even Jesus wouldn't let them, you know, indulge with all the things that are going on. So you'd have to, have, I, I don't know. But if you want to be effective, get enough information to just get the job done. Yeah. It's a lower back pain. That's what we deal with. Amen? I said amen. 
And so Jesus deals with it, right, in a one-sentence prayer. And the spirit cried, uh, rent him, so came out of him. And uh, he was as one dead. Yeah, it's another symptom. The thing is throwing at him, right? It looked like uh, the, the, the kid had died. And so much as uh, many said he's dead. And then other people start to feed uh, Jesus, right? Oh, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. He's dead, he's dead. Ah, yeah, he's dead. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but I like Jesus. Looked at him, lifted him by, the, by his hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And then he said unto them, uh, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Remember, Jesus had said uh, that it was their unbelief that had caused this uh, uh, demon not to be able to be cast out by the disciples. And so in conclusion, he says, uh, this, this, this unbelief comes out through prayer and fasting. So prayer and fasting, no, there's no special type of demons that take prayer and fasting. <laughs> prayer and fasting is not to work on, to, to get more power to work on a demon. Prayer and fasting works on you. And so Jesus is saying this kind of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. And some of you, all you need to do is to fast Google. That's all you need to do if you're going to be effective in getting the job done. All you need to do is to fast Google. I mean, <laughs> this thing came out. I couldn't even clear my throat. When this, this, this COVID thing, you get in a lift with someone, just... <coughs> you can't even cough. You can't even clear. People, I mean, people clear their throat all the time. They cough. You can't even cough. I was on the plane. Real story. I was on the plane, sat next to uh, this lady. And, uh, you know, she, she... And, I mean, I felt it, you know, when... It, I wasn't going to do it, but I, it was... Man, I... I just had to get it off, right? And I, go, I coughed. She's like, oh. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, oh, you never know. You just never know. I said, maybe, maybe you should consider, you know, uh, uh, flying uh, private. I was kind about it. Maybe you should, you know. I mean, because if you're going to be out here, somebody, you know, somebody is going to cough. But here's the deal is that prayer and fasting does more on you than it does on God. A lot of people traditionally have tried to use fasting on God. They've tried to move the hand of God through fasting. God has already moved by grace. Prayer and fasting moves you to the place of grace. So prayer and fasting is going to work on you and work on your unbelief and work on your thinking so that it helps you receive what God has already done. Can I get an amen? So is the Bible confession. It doesn't move God, it moves mountains. Hallelujah. And so we need to deal with unbelief. And the way we do it is by uh, focusing on his word and, and taking God's word as our final authority. Amen? Amen. Never uh, judge God's word by the circumstances, you know, or by the situation or by your experience. The word of God is our final authority. 
Our experiences must be judged by Scripture, not Scripture judged by experiences. What I mean by that is, you know, uh, sometimes when you uh, lay hands on the sick, they're not going to get healed instantly, but the power of God will go in them and start doing its work, right? But because we go by senses, most of the time by uh, experiences, people will say nothing happened. Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and when he left the tree, it was still plush and green, and it looked like his words had fallen to the ground. But Jesus knew not to recall his words, so he left his word doing its work by not changing his confession to line up with experiences. And so he walked away. It's a little gangster, right? Hey. I curse you from the root up, you will never bear fruit. Nothing happens, but you just, you just kind of walk away, right? <laughs> Done. Right? It's awesome, because he knows there is power in the word of God. And so when you speak the word, you don't wait to see the experiences. You let the word of God do its work. Some people have actually gotten to a point where they're trying to modify the Bible to fit their experiences. Where the Bible says Jesus has paid for your healing, they've prayed for someone and the person didn't make it. They've come back and say, oh no, it actually passed away with the apostles. You know, healing passed away with the apostles because when I tried it, uh, it didn't work. No, what you should do is to work to upgrade your experience to the level of God's word instead of downgrading God's words to the level of your experience. A lot of people will look in their account. God is saying, man, I'll meet all your needs according uh, to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A lot of people will go and look into their account. God will say, I've prospered you. You are the head and not the tail. I've given you uh, power to create wealth. A lot of people will go and read that, but then they will come over here and look into their own a, a bank account, then they will say, okay, he didn't really mean that he's going to uh, meet all my needs. He said he will meet some of my needs. So they are taking God's word and dragging it to try and fit their experience instead of saying, hey, there's something wrong with this experience. So I'm going to allow the word of God to upgrade my experience so that it can line up with God's word. Why? Because God cannot lie. That's what he says over there in Hebrews 6. He says, God cannot lie. He says, it's impossible for God to lie. Do you know what that means? That means even if God wanted to lie, God can't lie. Everything that comes out of his mouth is the truth. If God walks in here today, uh, uh, Sunday morning, right, according to our uh, Gregorian calendar, if he walked in here uh, today, uh, Sunday morning, and he says, good morning, faith healers, uh, on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon, it would be foolish for any of us to try and correct God. You know why? Because God can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So the Sunday morning has to change and become a Wednesday afternoon. Why? Because God cannot lie. Amen? And so when God comes to your life and says you are healed, it's, it's wild for you to try and correct God. And say, you know, but I still, ooh, but I still, no, no, God said you are healed. Amen. And if God says you are healed, guess what? You are healed. Amen. If God says you are prosperous, guess what? You are prosperous. If God says he's got good things for you to download, guess what? I choose to go by the word of God. And that's what we've been trying to tell the choir. We're telling them God has a thousand songs stored up for you, waiting for you just to download. I'm pumping this word in them, pumping this word in. I said, now, come on, do it. Come on, do it. And now, finally, it clicked. Hey, there are a thousand songs. They start downloading. Aren't they beautiful? 
They've been there since Adam and Eve in the garden. These songs we sang, they were there in the garden of Eden, just waiting for us. God is not the one that's slowing this down. We just need to speed up. And so if God says to you, you're prosperous, it'll be wild for you to say, but Lord, have you checked my... my no, no, no. Your bank account has to upgrade so that it can line up with his word. Amen. Amen. This is how you walk by faith and not by sight. That's how you do it. It is to be established in God's word. Go with me to Psalm 119. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, the word of God, word of God is, my is my final authority. If God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. That's how you win in life. Psalm 119, verse 89 to 92. I'm reading in the King James, right? He says forever. Someone say forever. Not, 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 not just for this season. Forever. He says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's word is not up for debate. It is not up for discussion. It is already settled. Amen. 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 Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. Notice how he connects God's word being settled in heaven uh, with the earth uh, being established and not acting crazy. The reason he can do that is because of Hebrews 1 verse 3. He says by his word, he hold, he sustains all things by the power of his word. The reason why the, the earth is not being sucked into the sun, even though there is a gravitational pull that's continuously pulling it in, the reason why it can orbit at the right speed around the sun is because God said it. It is not because of some big bang thing. It is because God said it and his word is sustaining it. Amen. He sustains the entire universe by the power of his word. Do you realize in Genesis 1 verse 1 when God said light be, verse 2. He says light be. The scientists will tell you this, that light, uh, the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. He hasn't called it back. When he said light be, man, that thing hasn't stopped since eons ago. That's how powerful God's word is. Still creating universes. That, that's going to be our habitation, you know, when we, when we go to heaven. A lot of people, you know, this is just me, you know, I have wild imagination about heaven. It's going to be fun. A lot of people don't like, you know, going to heaven because they think it's going to be boring. They think we're all going to be clean shaven, wearing white robes, just walking around in a straight line. Um, 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 holy, 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 holy. Repeat, holy. Repeat, repeat again, holy. A lot of people don't get excited about heaven. A lot of religious people don't get excited about heaven because they have a limited revelation. The reason why the universe is still expanding at the speed of light is because God is creating a playground for you and I. And by then, it says our mortality is going to put on immortality. What that means is we are all of a sudden going to become uh, uh, immortal and unlimited by this physical body. When we go to heaven, man, you'll be able to do this. Uh, Saturn, you, you, Saturn, you are in Saturn. Uh, Jupiter, like this. Just, just think it, you are in it. 
And then after you think you've done a round of all the things that God has created, you do it again and discover there's even more. There's even more. There's even more. There's even more. That's the reason why the 24 elders and the angels in heaven can, can keep saying holy, holy, holy and never get tired. I used to wonder, man, those boys, why don't they get tired? They just say holy, holy. Why don't you get tired of saying the same thing? The reason is because after they finish saying holy, holy, they get up, they see another dimension of God they haven't experienced. Oh, they do it all over again. Holy, 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 holy. And then they go down and then they look up. Oh, it's another one. Oh, Oh, man, this is awesome. This God is infinite. Amen. And how does he sustain this thing? Do you know the, the universe, the solar system we live in, the solar system, they, they released a, 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 a spacecraft in 1997 called Voyager 1. A few months, 1977, yeah. They released one in, uh, called Voyager 1, and in 1977, November, they released another one called Voyager 2. Those spacecrafts traveling at 35,000 miles per hour, those spacecrafts haven't even left the solar system that you and I live in the Milky Way, right? The galaxy that you and I live in where the sun is the one that gives us light. They haven't even left. 300,000 years before they come across another uh, star. They haven't even left our solar system. That's how huge this thing is. And how does God sustain it? He sustains it by the power of his word. And when he gives you that same word, do you realize how much power it carries? When you take his word and you speak it, you are essentially taking from a word that sustains the entire universe and you are speaking it into someone's body. What, man, organs have no chance when you really, really understand how to release God's word. I mean, this thing is holding the universe together. What, what's a kidney got to do? How is a kidney going to resist this kind of power? So the problem is we're praying poems. He never said, speak poems over people. He said, speak my word. Because he watches over his word to perform. He doesn't watch over how bad it is. He doesn't watch over how urgent it is. He watches over his word to perform it. And when you start speaking God's word over people's bodies, over people's lives, life will infuse that body. Hallelujah. And that word is forever. Settled in heaven. He said in uh, Isaiah 55, 11, So my, shall my word uh, go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish. Someone say accomplish. When he sends his word, he's sending it to accomplish something. He says it will accomplish that which I please, and it oh, it shall prosper. He said, and it, this word, right? He sent it, he says this word, Eat the word shall prosper. When you speak this word, man, this word will prosper. Don't recall it. See, don't pray for people and then walk around talking about, oh, they're going to die. Because what you're doing is you're recalling it. Are y'all listening? When you pray for people, don't start walking around talking about, oh, I don't think they're going to make, oh. Because what you're doing is you're canceling the faith you just released. When you speak that faith, let it do its work. Amen. This is why the uh, uh, Job, he said this. He said, when an evil thought comes to my heart, Lord, cause me to put my hand on my mouth so that I don't cancel that which I have decreed. 
The problem is you're decreeing and counseling, decreeing and counseling, decreeing and counseling. Why? Because you're doubling between faith and unbelief. Be healed, walk away. That settles it. This is why some of you need a hobby. Just a, if you have a hobby, at least a hobby is going to keep you away from unbelief. At least you'll be able to say, be healed, and then put your mind on soccer or football or something else, rather than be healed and then watch. Is the tree changing? Is it... Unless you speak, you go and do something else, right? Because you've released your faith. And this is how people get healed. This is how people receive the healing. We have to get rid of this thing. So number two, we said number one is unbelief. We spend a little longer than, you know, I should have. Number two is making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things. That's Mark 7, verse 13. So traditions of men can hinder uh, people from receiving healing and ministering healing. Just traditions that have been passed on. You know, there's a story that's told uh, in uh, 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 2 Corinthians, chapter number 12, verse 7 to 10, of uh, the, the apostle Paul's uh, uh, thorn in the flesh. Listen to what it says. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure uh, through the abundance of revelation that was given to me, uh, there was a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. He even tells you what this thorn is. It's not a, 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 a thing from God. It's a, it's a messenger from who? From Satan. To buffet me, uh, lest I should be exalted above measure. Lest I should minister to more people. Lest my ministry uh, takes more ground. That's what it means to be exalted above measure. So the Apostle Paul is saying there was a thorn given me to stop me in my tracks from making progress with this gospel of grace that I have been given. It's slowing me down. And then he prayed that God take this thing away from me and uh, uh, three times, right? Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities in uh, persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then he is strong and therefore I'm strong. And so he said, Essentially, the Apostle Paul is saying there was this thing given to me from Satan to slow me down from reaching the world. And he calls it the thorn in the flesh. And some traditions have interpreted this thorn in the flesh as some sort of ailment or sickness. They said, you know, this is a, an eyesight problem. This is a stomach bug that the Lord, you know, the Apostle Paul asked three times and the Lord wouldn't uh, heal him of it. It's just a tradition. It's not what Scripture is talking about. Because if you look at that phrase, thorn in the flesh, uh, in the Bible, we can go with the law of first mention, right? If you go to Numbers 33, verse 55, he says, But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass, the inhabitants, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them will be pricks in your eyes and thorn in your sides or thorn in your flesh and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. So we see from Numbers 35 verse 55 that the phrase thorn in the flesh refers to people. And the reason why God could not deliver the Apostle Paul from people is because you can't be completely delivered from people opposing uh, the mandate of the gospel that God has put on your life. There is going to be persecution. People are going to come against it. 
He says, if you give, it will be given back to you, right? A hundredfold, uh, 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 houses, you know, uh, 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 brothers, sisters, lands uh, in this life and in the afterlife. But here's what he said, with what? Persecution. So there's going to be people that will come against you. And God is not going to deliver you from people. Jesus said, if they came against me, they will surely come against you too. So the apostle Paul is praying an impossible prayer. That's why he's not getting an answer. Hallelujah. So thorn in the flesh is not some sickness. It is people. And for God to completely de deliver you from people, you would have to kill everybody. It's the only way. Think about it. Somebody is going to come against you. And some of it is from the church. If you believe in healing, someone is going to come against you. Guess where this person, person is going to come from? From the church. If you believe in tongues, someone is going to come against you. And these people are going to come from the church. If you believe in prosperity and you start to do well and God is prospering, somebody is going to come against you. And this person is not going to come from out there. They're going to come from the church. If you're a Christian, a Christian, you buy a nice house, they're going to come to you and say, man, it's not about houses. Yeah, we know that it's not about, it's not, it's not about houses. God knows that it's not about houses. Even when he gives us mansions in heaven, it's not about houses. It's about Jesus. Amen. But he will still give us a mansion. Amen. 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 In fact, you know, Ashley Terry said this to me. He said, Tafar, uh, when people get mad at other people's uh, uh, things, it's not because they're really mad at someone else's thing. They're just mad at their thing. He said, think about it. He said, if you're already driving a, a, a Rolls Royce and somebody else, dro dro you know, gets a Rolls Royce, you're not going to be mad at that. So welcome to the club, right? Yeah. What's up, brother? But if you're driving, uh, 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 I, need to, I need to find some that someone in here doesn't drive, right? <laughs> if you're driving a Chico, a Chico Gov, right? And someone, someone buys a, a, a Rolls Royce, you're not mad at their Rolls Royce. <laughs> you're really mad at the Chico. That's what you're mad at. If somebody else buys a nice house and you have a nice house, hey, you can celebrate. Welcome to, especially, you know, guys. Guys don't mind. Uh, uh, if someone shows up with the same shirt, instead of getting mad, guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, have to, we have a good taste. You know, we're arguing, oh, man. <laughs> but ladies, if you show up with the same, if you show up with the same shirt, oh, it's World War III. And so we see here, we see here that it's, it's a, a thorn in the flesh. It's not sickness, right? That's a hindrance. It's, it's, it can hinder you if you, if you don't, you know, uh, uh, get it dealt with. Uh, it's going to hinder you. The third and final hindrance is, uh, is uh, a person's will. A person's will. It can hinder you from ministering healing to them. And I'm going to end with this. A person's will, because uh, human beings are what I like to call uh, free will moral agents. God has given us the, the responsibility and the privilege to choose. And, and we are the only creature in the earth that have the ability and the power given by God to, to choose, to make choices. And whatever choices we make, you know, uh, God will let us have it. You know, uh, De Deuteronomy 30, 
uh, verse 19. He says, I have, I have laid before you, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. What does he say after that? You choose. You get to choose. You choose life so that you and your seed may live. The, it's, it's a distinguishing factor uh, from the animal kingdom. Human beings can make choices. And another one is we can, we can decree things. We can speak things. We have creative ability in our words. Birds and dogs don't have creative ability in their words. Human beings do. But, but here, he has given us the power to make choices. A human being can, can make choices, and God will back up your choice. And this is why Jesus would always ask. He could tell the person is blind, but he would always ask, what would you have me do for you? Everybody, go and read it. Everybody Jesus healed, you would always ask them first. Because some people don't want to get healed. And so they ask us, people who believe in healing, how come you, can't, you don't empty hospitals? It is because of there's a wheel we have to deal with. We have to go and ask people. I don't mind going and praying for people in hospitals. But the first thing I'm going to do is ask them. And if they are a minor, there's a jurisdiction with the parents. I'm going to ask the mom and dad, what would you like from this situation? Oh, we, wanna, we want them to receive healing. Okay, we're going to touch and agree. Uh, on that. You know why? Because a person's will can stop the power of God. God doesn't force himself on people. You can choose. Amen? You have the power to make choices. Just look around. Just look around, everybody. Just look around. All kinds of different hairstyles. You know why? Because we went to the salon and said, I want that one. Well, some of us had not much choice. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, but, 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 but we went in there and we said, I want that one. When was the last time you saw a zebra at the salon saying, you know, can I get a different, I'm tired of uh, uh, stripes. Can I get, he can't do that. You know why he can't do that? It is because he doesn't have the power to make choices. You, when you go out, you begin to see all kinds of different buildings that uh, architects have created. Since the beginning of time, it start, this thing started in mud huts. Now it's in 300, 400 uh, story buildings that human beings have created. You know why? Because we have the power to choose. The, the bird nest has been the same since Adam and Eve. It's been the same. But you know why? Because animals live on instinct. Human beings live on choice. And so someone's choice is very important. Would you like to receive healing? If you do, then we can pray for you. Man, this is a powerful point. You know, when I woke up this morning and I went into uh, my closet to pick the clothes that I was going to wear for, for church, uh, I went in there and I was, as I was getting ready to get the clothes that I wanted, uh, I didn't uh, uh, consult heaven. I didn't see an angel with a flaming sword, uh, a seraphim or a cherubim, say, thou shall wear this green sh No, I didn't. I just went in there, and I picked the ones that I wanted. I picked the uh, baggy jeans, because apparently the young people told me that the skinny ones are out. <laughs> you know, we're wearing the baggy jeans now. That's what the young people, did you know? Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the skinny jeans are out. I didn't like them anyway, they were too tight. Very uncomfortable. But that's what the young people said. They said, they said uh, we, we don't wear that stuff anymore. And so I went and I picked the ones that are a little loose, you know. 
And uh, when I left the house, think about it, think about it. When I left the house, God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit allowed me to live out of the house with the clothes that I picked. The same way you allow you to live with poverty if you pick it. The same way you allow you to continue in your sickness if you choose it. The same way you allow you to live bound if you choose that. Why? Because he has given you the power to choose. Do you know that God is not even going to send people to hell? People are choosing hell by themselves. What God has given them is Jesus, and he said, now you make a choice. And either you choose life or you choose death. And if you choose death, watch this now, God will honor your choice. And so one of the things that the enemy has used to hinder people from receiving healing is the power of choice. He's getting people to choose the wrong thing. Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to end with this. Choose life. Every single day of your life when you get up, choose life. Even in the face of so much opposition, choose life. Choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Make a choice. For, hey, choose the impossible dream. It may be impossible in the natural, but I choose to go with something that is high and mighty, that is impossible in the natural, so that I can allow God's power to be at work in my life. Amen. It's going to take swimming upstream and not swimming downstream. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What are you going to do if you start uh, uh, laying hands on the sick, right? There is a healing line. You start laying hands on the sick, and one person drops dead. What are you going to do? What are you going to choose? You know what I'm going to choose? I'm going to choose to continue praying. And next, because I choose to go. You see, you see, some of you think, man, at that point you should quit. No, I'm not quitting. You know why? Because I'm choosing what the Word says, not what I've experienced. I may have missed it there, but I'm going to continue doing what God has instructed me to do. And I'm going to continue believing big and going for the kill rather than going with circumstances. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. It's called choosing life. And that's what God wants you to do. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, God's word, God's word. is my final authority. Someone shout, it is established in heaven. Therefore, I will establish it in my heart. See, God's word is established forever in heaven. Now it's our turn to settle and establish it in our hearts. We must establish that it is God's word or nothing at all. We will not go by the circumstances. We will go by God's word. Someone shout the very life of God. The very spirit of God. That raised Jesus from the dead. Lives on the inside of me. Lives on the inside of my children. And it is quickening. their little mortal bodies. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 
Man, you let that life uh, loose. One of my, our youngest uh, daughter came running to me last Sunday. Uh, she said, Daddy, I, I just want to let you know that I got born again. She came running. She said, I just want to let you know that I just got born again. I said, do you know what that means? She said, what? I said, man, it means God now lives on the inside of you. Now, if God lives on the inside of you, he's going to fix every little broken thing that is on the inside of you. Some of you, they've told you that uh, you're going to have uh, uh, organ malfunction. Your kidneys are, are giving up. They're packing up. Man, just come into the fullness of this reality that God Almighty lives on the inside of me. And therefore, his very life that raised Jesus from the dead is going to fix every little broken thing. This is not this is not this is not fairy tale. This is a spiritual truth. It's spiritual reality. It's available. It's already on the inside of you. Hallelujah. All you have to do is to align your thinking with it and let that life flow into your body. Amen. Man, divine healing is easy. You just have to continue to think this way. It's a different kind of thinking. It's a different kind of thinking. We're thinking different from the world. We don't think as victims, we think as victors because Jesus has done something about it. Amen. I said amen. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I thank you for every family represented here today. Lord, I thank you that you are God Almighty. I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. I thank you that you have released the very life of God uh, to dwell on the inside of us. And that very life of God will infuse every cell, every tissue, every organ and revive it. Bring a reinvigoration into our bodies in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that our eyes function to the perfection. I thank you, Father. That our organs will function to the perfection. I speak to kidneys right now. I say be healed in Jesus' name. I say receive uh, the reviving, resurrection, life of God right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to lungs and I say resume full capacity in the name of Jesus. And resume perfect function. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the breathing system. I say, be aligned to God's word. In the name of Jesus. Because Jesus paid for it at the cross. Now we superimpose it today by faith in Jesus' name. I speak to every digestive system under the sound of my voice. I speak that the right chemicals will be released. I speak that the right chemicals will be regulated in the name of Jesus. I speak against any symptoms. I speak against any intolerances right now in Jesus' name. Lactose intolerances, coffee intolerances, gluten intolerances. I speak against it right now in Jesus' name. I speak against genetic diabetes in the name of Jesus. Some of you, they've told you that because your great-grandmother had it and your grandmother had it and your mother had it, that you're going to receive it too. But I came to tell you that when you receive Jesus, the order of your family changed. Now you're receiving from Jesus and not just from your natural family. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. I speak to the uh, reproductive system. 
Some of you have been told your, your wombs are too weak to hold a, a, a baby. They are too weak to hold it. We rebuke and refuse that report in the name of Jesus. Some of you have been told you can't conceive. And that barrenness runs in your family. I came to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. The same life that raised Jesus from the dead is giving you a brand new womb right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.